in this episode of PhDs, we talk everything PhD application, assessment days, and interviews with our guests, Lawrence Venue, who are fellow first-year PhD students. So if you're thinking of applying or have already done so, here we will talk about what the experience was like for us, we share the best advice we were given about the PhD application process, and how to best prepare. This episode will be followed up with the second part, where we talk all about our first few months as a PhD student and tell you how to best approach the first week blues, any worries we had, targets, and our achievements. Enjoy the episode. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your PhD topic and I guess kind of a little bit of why you applied to do a PhD. Yeah, sure. Hi, nice, um, nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, I'm Svenja. I just started the PhD in September this year, so I've been um, in there for like um, three months. And yeah, I don't know why. Why did I want to do a PhD? I just figured out that I love studying and especially studying the human brain. And um, during my master's, I thought like, God, I'm not done with this. I, I still want to learn more about. Um, neuroscience. So I started applying for PhDs and I'm very happy to be here now. Um, and Svenja, what's your PhD topic about then? So my project is about um, adolescent brain development and depression onset and I'm involved in the eBrain study now where um, we scan um, teenagers each year for three years so it's a longitudinal study and then we measure, also measure like um, social factors and uh, mental health related issues. And yeah, basically my project will be to model um, their brain development and to see what went different for those who developed um, depression or anxiety as compared to the ones that didn't develop any mental health concerns. And Laura, would you mind just introducing yourself? Hi, hello everyone. Thank you for inviting me to be here. I'm Lara. I did my undergrad in Bristol in biochemistry and recently started my PhD here at King's in October, um, beginning of October. And I decided to do a PhD mainly because of my undergrad. It was very um, broad. And after a few years, I realized I really enjoyed doing biochemistry but wasn't very interested in all of the other topics within biochemistry, but just how the brain worked and how neurodegenerative diseases play a big role in society uh, at the moment. Great, thank you. Um, so what was the application and the interview experience like? Um, and I mean, from the time you decided that you wanted to do a PhD, what did you do before you even started applying? How many programs did you apply to? How did you decide on the programs they wanted to apply to? And then once you got through the application stage, how was the interview process? Sorry, it's a bit of a long question. Um, So I'm currently doing a PhD on FET proteins and characterizing their expression in non-transgenic mice brain to compare between ALS patients and frontotemporal dementia patients. And very early on, Um, when I decided I wanted to do a PhD, I knew that I wanted to do something to do with neurodegenerative diseases and that it was going to be wet lab. But I think that generally within university, 
um, accessing that information, it's really hard. So everyone tells you um, you can do a PhD, but no one quite tells you what the process looks like or what steps you need to take to do that. So I think a lot of what I did was Googling a lot of people, um, Googling the area. I downloaded Twitter and made myself a profile and kind of looked at different professors within the area and what they were doing and just looking at what different labs were up to at the time and then kind of started to narrow down which universities I wanted to apply to and looking at the requirements and web pages. So I think there was definitely a lot of Googling and proactive snooping around that I had to do before even applying. For me, it was slightly different. I didn't actually have a specific topic in mind. I also did a lot of Googling, but I was looking at programs where the PhD topics, the projects were already defined and I could just apply for a specific one. Because I know a lot of them, you just design your own project. But I didn't want to do that because I didn't think that I had like a good idea that I wanted to pursue. But yeah, definitely a lot of Googling. And I did actually apply for several PhD projects back in 2017 when I was doing my master's. Um, not because I, I wanted to do one there and then, um, but I just wanted to see what the process was like. And now I think I then decided that I just wanted to do this specific one because I wanted to do the one plus three program and the MRC one was the only one that I knew about that offered it. And I just applied for this one. I was lucky to get it. But yeah, definitely a lot of Googling, a lot of looking around. And there are some great websites. That I think some of them we already mentioned previously, like find a PhD and jobs.ac.uk, I think, where you can search for PhDs. So yeah, uh, Svenja, was your experience similar or did you do something differently? Yeah, it's, it's very similar. I Googled so much. I have a friend who also wanted to do a PhD and we just sat down and um, googled for like six hours and did like documents with all the um, information we could find because I um, didn't study in the UK before so um, I wasn't acquainted to the system and I was very very confused with like the funding opportunities and um, I didn't even know what rotation means so yeah I kind of um browse through all the university websites and try to figure out which um, possibilities are there. And for me, find a PhD was also very helpful. So yeah, I think I first decided that I am interested in doing a PhD in 2019. And then beginning of 2020, I started um, to look for positions and I wanted to um, go into a um, preset project because I knew that I wanted to do something with um, psychology and neuroscience, but um, I wasn't. I was quite open to um, what um, it's like exactly about, and um, I didn't want to propose a research myself, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, that's what I did. And um, when I applied for this program at KCL, I really like that um, the instructions um, were very clearly stated, and that they also gave kind of a time frame when the interviews would happen and when um, we would hear back from them. I don't know if it was the same for you guys, but I had like a document with these dates and that really helped me. I really liked that because for most of the programs I applied to, there was no information about this at all. I totally agree with that. I feel like for the MRC, they are they were very clear in kind of giving those instructions. It's so interesting, though, for me to hear everybody else's story about kind of what led them to do a PhD and how they kind of searched for different projects and things. 
I feel like I have kind of a very different route to how I ended up doing a PhD. For me, it was more so I was interested in doing a PhD. It felt like the next natural step to take. And I loved the department that I was in and the team that I was already working with as a research assistant and the project that I was a part of. And then the opportunity presented itself because they were applying to have a project funded by the MRC. And then I was kind of told, well, you can, like, if you want, you can try and apply for this as well. And then I just threw my head in the ring just to see what would happen. And then I ended up getting it, which obviously I'm pleased about. Yeah, I feel like my experience of getting actually onto a place is quite different to everybody else's. But yeah, no, so in terms of the application and interview process, um, which you already mentioned, Svenja, obviously the MRC was quite straightforward. It seems like not every place is, but we had to do a five-minute presentation. This information is on the website, by the way. I double-checked to make sure we're not like spilling any <laughs> secrets here. Um, but yeah, so it's, we had to do a five-minute presentation to a panel, critically evaluate a research paper, and then also answer some normal interview questions. We all went through the same process. So I guess it might be quite interesting for us all to just say what the most daunting part was or what part were you most intimidated by? I know for me, I always hate the feeling of being unprepared and kind of answering those questions. Like the presentation I felt relatively confident about because I picked a topic that I felt like I knew and I knew well. The paper, I feel like, okay, I had all my notes because obviously it was virtual. So we were able to like, or at least I know I did, my entire table was just covered in different sheets with notes and things that I was kind of trying to refer to. But then answering the actual interview questions, I feel like it was the part that was the most daunting for me because I'm like, gosh, I don't know what to say, how to sell myself properly, and you have so little time. But yeah, what kind of was the day like for you or what parts did you struggle with? I think for me, overall, I really enjoyed the process and it was a very nice process to go through. And like you guys said, um, it was very clear. The instructions um, they gave were very straightforward. Um, I liked the way they encouraged you to emailed your potential supervisors and projects that you're interested in and actually have a conversation with each supervisor because one of the things I was scared of was not just finding a good PhD project that I was very interested about but also finding a good match because you're going to be there for about three to four years of your life so you also want to be integrated with the lab that you're working with but in terms of the application and the interview um, like you said, the questions and being prepared for questions was very scary. Um, I tend to get really worked up about it and then tend to freeze in the moment and not know what to say. Um, so I, I remember the week, a week or two before any interview, I would um, speak to some of my professors at my other university and kind of do mock interviews. And I remember on the day um, I ended up with so many sheets of paper on my whiteboard of any possible question that they could ask a PhD student, like the standard, why do you want to do a PhD? What skills do you think you have? And just like bullet points of anything 
that I would say and then try and remember those, but also have different cues on the whiteboard as well. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was very daunting. Yeah, I think for me, it's um, very similar, like the um, presentation and that um, article that um, we should review, um, I felt quite confident about because we could just prepare it. And also sometimes I think um, giving presentation online is a bit easier than doing it in person because no one sees when you're reading um, all your documents a bit. But uh, yeah, for the open questions, that was the hardest part for me, because I also felt like for some questions, I wasn't prepared at all. And I just could feel myself starting to sweat and be like, oh, what should I say to that? But in the end, I believe that sometimes it's not even that important what you say, but that you just stay confident and calm and like represent a professional attitude. So I think I managed to do that, but I'm, I was sure I wasn't fully prepared for all of these questions. And um, as you said, Laura, I think having mock interviews before is such a good idea because I only did it with one friend. And I believe that it's very, very helpful to do it with someone who has a bit more insight into these processes. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Obviously, we have Nicole here, which I think is quite interesting because obviously the three of us did this process online, but Nicole did it in person two years ago now, pre-COVID, I guess. Yeah, it was and, January 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So right before. So I guess it's quite interesting also to see what your experience of it was, because it seems like for us, the consensus is that the questions were kind of the part we were the most nervous about. Was that the same for you or how was your experience? How did it differ to what we've been saying? Um, yeah, so not only did I do it in person, not online, but I also did it twice because I applied to this specific program back in 2017 when I was doing my master's and I didn't think I was going to get it and I didn't get it, but I just wanted to kind of try it out and my personal tutor kind of encouraged me. Um, so I was invited for the interview and I did it back then and then I did it again two years later. Both of the times they, they make it more of a, a whole day event. Um, so the, the very first time, it was actually January 2018, and they kind of made us all come to the university at like 9, 9.30 in the morning. And we had a brief intro talk. And then we all had the interview at different times, but we kind of had to stay there and just wait for our slot. And then we had lunch together. And then five o'clock, we had like a dinner reception. So it was a bit long because my, my interview then wasn't until like two in the afternoon. And I just had to be there. And I was just so nervous. And all the other applicants, they were just there. And it was strange to see because some of them were chatting and like being in good mood, whereas some were just sitting there reading their notes. And it was very nerve wracking because I felt like, should I be reading my notes? But no, I can't concentrate. I'm too stressed now. And then the second time they kind of just told us to, um, to come for our slot, but we also had a lunchtime talk and we got to talk to current MRC students. So if you had any questions, we could ask them which I thought was very nice and it was much nicer because I didn't have to be there for the full like eight hours, but I still got to mingle with people and meet them. Um, and I think for me, the presentation bit was a bit nerve wracking as well, just because I had to stand in front of the big screen and I had to present it and change my slides. I think I would have enjoyed it more if I could do it online. And then also the 
critical appraisal of a paper. It wasn't difficult, but I always felt that I'm maybe forgetting something or am I criticizing something that I shouldn't be criticizing? And I think what Laura and Svenja, you mentioned mock interviews. So first time I did the interview, I only did one mock interview with my undergraduate personal tutor, and it wasn't even a proper mock interview. We kind of just chatted about the possible questions. And I hate doing mock interviews. Like I hate it with passion. It's the worst thing ever for me. But the second time I had the interview, I just really forced myself to do it. And I did it with some of the potential PhD supervisors that I selected as my, you know, for the project that I wanted to do. I did it with the career service lady, which was really helpful because they obviously do a lot of mock interviews. Um, and I did like three or four of them. And I think that was the most helpful thing I could have done. And like what Laura mentioned, I also wrote down every possible question that came up in the mock interview or that came up in my previous interviews or that I could think about potentially being asked. And I just made very detailed notes of, okay, if they ask me this, these are the like bullet points, these are the things that I want to talk about. So yeah, I think looking back, it was quite a nice experience, but it was definitely very stressful at the time. Yeah, no, that's so true. And to be fair, after you kind of explained what your experience was like, I feel like this presentation maybe would have stressed me out <laughs> the most as well. Yeah, I um, think it was mainly the fact that I had to be standing up for it, whereas for the rest yeah. of the interview... Oh, it makes such a big that, difference yeah. if you're doing it online where you can, where, yeah. like Svenja kind of said, you can kind of have your notes and you just feel a lot safer, I guess, because you're in your own bedroom and you're seated, whereas yeah. you're actually stood there in front of this panel and just using a pointer and trying to present. I feel like you can't even compare the two in terms of, or for me at least, in terms of the amount of anxiety that comes with that. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like we've already touched on this quite a bit in terms of the importance of mock interviews. But is there any other good advice that you got before going into the interview or something that you did I know I felt quite similar to Svenja, actually, where I feel like I prepared a bunch of questions. I was like, oh, I feel like I've thought about lots of the potential things that they could ask me. And I feel like I have an idea of what I want to respond. And obviously without giving anything away, but I feel like some of the questions still caught me off guard. So I felt like, oh, gosh, I, I prepared all of these questions. Now you aren't asking me any of them. But yet to say, in terms of the advice that I received, was somebody told me, remember that you have a very short amount of time, so don't take too long to get to the point. Otherwise, they will cut you off, and that might make you feel a bit bad about yourself because you're like, oh, gosh, I'm rambling, I'm speaking, like I'm talking too much, and you might perceive it as like, oh, you're doing badly, but just because there's such a time crunch and they need to fit so much stuff in that it is very natural for them to cut you off. So I think kind of knowing that going into the interview was a good piece of advice. Anything else you guys did? Or? I think a big one for me was confidence, um, just from the way I present myself or talk to people. Even if I didn't feel confident at that moment, just the way to present myself and put myself across was to stand up, um, do the interview while standing, even though we were online, because naturally your body would kind of show confidence and then one of the other things was when answering a question I tend to just go for it and just answer the question straight away instead of taking a few seconds just to think about the question and then answering and 
Um, I remember my mentor at the time telling me that that shows that you're actually thinking about the question and you think it's important to think about the question and give a meaningful answer rather than just jump straight to the first thought that comes through your mind because you're nervous in the moment, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I think that comes a little bit with experience, like the knowledge that you're allowed in an interview setting to just take the time to really consider your responses. Because I think a lot of people, especially when they're like fresh out of uni or, you know, they haven't had experience with interviewing much, at least from what I noticed, like they and I used to be the same, like we tend to just rush into it because we just want to reply immediately. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a good idea to, um, to take some time before you reply. Yeah, I think these are very good advice. And actually, I wanted to say the same as you um, did, Flora. I think I already touched on it. Um, I think it's very important to just stay confident, stay professional. Even if a question completely panics you, I wouldn't show it. I would try to say something about it without, um, obviously, without talking too much about it then. Also, if it's like online interview, do it um, in a standing position and get yourself ready for it. I dressed up for it as if I would go uh, in person just to feel um, good while doing it. I think that also does something, yeah. My advice would also be to really think about the questions you want to ask them. It makes a difference if you really have good questions prepared that you want to ask. And they don't necessarily have to be about the program. So if you feel like you already know you know all there is to know about the program i think i ask about the provision of mental health supports to phd students given the research coming out that is not very positive about the mental health of phd students so i ask about what um, like resources there are i also ask the panel what qualities do they think a good phd student should have um, and i actually got like really really helpful responses so yeah i think just really think about what you want to ask them I think another point um, could be how you answer questions. Um, going into my interview, I was very cautious because I didn't feel like I had enough wet lab experience going from straight from an undergrad to a PhD. So I was cautious about the experimental knowledge that I had to have and in how much detail I had to go in. And I think it depends on how you approach the question. It's okay to say that you don't know but it's the way you say you say it you could say oh you don't know but as far as you know this is what you can think of rather than just say I don't know and you stop there and you stop your answer there just kind of try and push through and be honest as well yeah I think that is especially important for PhD interviews because like you're not interviewing for a job but you may be expected to already know the things it is literally a training program so yeah just don't be afraid to say I don't know the answer to that this is this may be one of my weaknesses but I will focus in the first year on getting trained on this we're there to learn things not to already know everything yeah I think that's such an important point for sure they're more assessing you for the potential that you can bring to the program and to the PhD they're not assessing you today for all of the skills that you need to have ready to write the entire thesis tomorrow. That's actually a good thing to consider, I think, in your preparation is that that's just like what you said, Nicole, they're kind of looking for a good PhD candidate, a good person to mold and to be a part of this ecosystem and 
kind of learn and grow. Um, they're not looking for like a perfect researcher already, even though that's often what it can feel like, especially with how competitive a lot of these kind of schemes are. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. As always, feel free to reach out to us on email or via Twitter and tell us your thoughts. And don't forget that the second part is coming soon.